I'll never forget when they took me from the gurney to the ICU bed. I literally thought I was dying. And for all intents and purposes, I kind of was at the time. But I was like, it's okay. Like all of the backstabbing at work and the someone cutting you off at the freeway or Mm -hmm. not getting the promotion you wanted, none of that mattered. And I was peaceful and I was happy. But then getting a second chance and then meeting my husband and then having kids, it was a little difficult because I became vice president, was developing these amazing shows. So it was a it was a real interesting pivot point. Straight from the boardroom to the microphone, I'm April Garcia, and this is Pivot Me, easily applied tools and hacks to get you ahead. This isn't just a podcast. This is an upgrade for your life. helping good people become even better. This is Pivot Me. So today I'm super excited. My guest today is Michelle Newman. She is the founder and CEO of The New Mid. She's a former award-winning television executive turned transformational life coach and host of The New Mid podcast, which is ranked number seven in the top 10 valuable podcasts for midlife women. That is quite an honor. She helps others take charge of their future and get rid of self-limiting beliefs in order to live an abundant second half. Michelle, thank you so much for coming on Pivot Me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, April. I love what you're doing and I love your guest. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So right before um, we went live, um, we were just talking about that. Michelle's getting a lot of snow in her house. Well, not in her house, but adjacent. She's snow adjacent. They've got a lot of snow in Maryland. The kids are out and playing in it right now. Yes, it is a wonderful, it's a snow day, which is a bit foreign to me because I grew up in Los Angeles. <laughs> so totally I used to just read about snow, snow days in books, but it's kind <laughs> of fun that my kids are actually doing it. And it's funny because you know, I, my husband was like, Michelle, we need to put the sticks out in our driveway. And I'm like, no, we're not going to get that much snow. It's not that big of a deal. Oh, yeah. No, we have like nine inches right now. Cannot see our driveway. We're not driving anywhere. <laughs> so is your husband from there? Or is he from a place where it snows? Or did he just know about the sticks? Um, well, you kind of know about the sticks because you start to see all your neighbors put the sticks uh, out. But yes. uh, he's from England, actually. Okay. But the other thing that's funny is, our neighbors put the sticks out when it was like 50 and sunny out. And I'm like, why are they putting the sticks out now? Like, I just didn't get it. And then my husband's like, I think we should put the sticks out. And I'm like, no, it's okay. Well, then when I finally realized like, honey, we should put the sticks out. You can't because the ground's frozen. (laughs) (laughs) So your neighbors knew what they were talking about. So yeah, so next time I need, here, I thought they were stupid, but yeah, no, they were actually very smart and I was the one. (laughs) Wow. You know, it's funny. We don't actually put the sticks out. Now I'm feeling like a snow newbie because we, we get snow in Reno, Nevada, but we've never put the sticks out. And that is brilliant. I yeah, I've we seen- have a really long driveway too, mm-hmm. and oh, it yeah. curves, so you kind of need to know where to curve. So mm-hmm. okay, that's all right. Okay, <laughs> Michelle's already overcoming in this uh, in the Pivot Me podcast today. Okay, well, let's let's talk about your background. You've got a fascinating background. You um, you came from the entertainment industry. Um, I believe you said over twenty years. Um, last role was VP of programming and marketing at CBS Daytime. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm really curious how you shifted that. I know you developed and launched the 
um, uh, Let's Make a Deal with Wayne Brady and the talk with Sharon Osborne. Does that sound right? Yes, yes, yes. Yep, yep. Love them to death. Wayne Absolutely. Brady, so talented. He's just amazing. But yeah, no, I spent over 20 years in the entertainment industry. Started out wow. at Entertainment Tonight. Mm-hmm. Date myself with John Tesh and Mary Hart. <laughs> So that was really fun. That was a blast. I got to meet some amazing people. I got to meet like Al Pacino and Cindy Mm -hmm. Crawford. I don't know where the picture is now, but I took a picture with Cindy Crawford. And literally, I was like here and she was like here. And she was gorgeous. I mean, just Adonis. She was beautiful and super nice. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody who wanted to take a picture with her because we were all awestruck, she Mm -hmm. just stood there and took pictures with all of us. Yeah, no, she's super cool, super nice. So, yeah, so I, was, I started there and then I ended up at CBS and um, that's a great place. That was really fun. And daytime was really fun. And um, yeah, no, it was fun doing Let's Make a Deal. We um, started and we actually started the show in Vegas. Isn't that funny? Mm-hmm. So, wow. yeah, because it was a it was a for budget wise, we did it at mm-hmm. the Tropicana. <laughs> so I know it's not wow. funny. So we used to have to. Um, go there every we we would tape on the weekends because that's when we can get people in the crowd get the audience mm-hmm. so i would fly out to vegas from thursday to sunday and then fly home and that was challenging because i had a new a new baby so that was kind of hard leaving her but at the same time it was good because then my husband had the bonding with her especially mm-hmm. on the weekends so that was good but yeah so that was fun and then we started the talk Mm -hmm. and Sharon Osbourne is still on there and that was that was crazy but that was really fun and it's a great show still on there so yeah so I really enjoyed that time there so you had this amazing career in in entertainment what was the I mean that's a pretty big shift what was the catalyst for that shift well you know it's funny because like I said I was when my first daughter was young I was traveling a lot to Vegas. I mean mm-hmm. she wasn't even 1 years old when I was doing that. So like her first steps someone else saw mm-hmm. which is hard as a mom. Sure. So I got pregnant again with my second and my contract was up after she was about six months old and my husband mm-hmm. and I talked about it. And I said, you know, I really, I was an older mom. I had my first kid at 40, my second at 42. And I was like, you know what? I really want to um, stay at home for a little while. So mm-hmm. we both agreed. And so I, di- I did freelance and stuff. And then my husband got a job that took us to Maryland. So all of that happened. But, you know, it was interesting because before I met my husband, I actually had a brain hemorrhage. So I almost died. I know. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Okay. (laughs) So I didn't think I was going to get married. I didn't think I was going to have kids. So Mm -hmm. a month after my brain hemorrhage, I met my husband and then it was kind of love at first sight. And we ended up um, getting, getting engaged six months later (laughs) and then getting married, married eight months later. I mean, it's kind of like one of those things, like when you, you know, when you know, yeah. So So when I had my kids and I had almost died, I was like, you know what? I really, life is short. I really want to take this time to, to sort of, you know, raise my kids, be a stay at home mom. It was hard to leave. Mm -hmm. It was really fun, but it was just kind of, you make those life choices. Yeah. um, Question for you. So with the brain, did I hear that right? That before the brain hemorrhage, you did not want to get married and have kids? No, I always wanted to, but I just oh, kind of figured at that po- point it wasn't going to happen because I Got think that. it was like 35, 36. And by that point, you're kind of like, you've kissed a lot of frogs and none of them are your prince. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're yeah. like, 
that's just not going to happen for me and it's okay. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I don't know if you've talked to anybody who's almost died because I had the brain hemorrhage and I'll never forget when they took me from the gurney to the ICU bed. It was calm. I was like, I literally thought I was dying, you know, and, and for all intents purposes, I kind of was at the time, but I was like, it's okay. Like all of the backstabbing at work and the someone cutting you off at the freeway or Mm -hmm. not getting the promotion you wanted. None of that mattered. It was like life was good and, and I was peaceful and I was happy, but then getting a second chance and then meeting my husband and then having kids, it was a little difficult because I became vice president, was developing these amazing shows. So it was a, it was a real interesting pivot point. So when that's fascinating story there's about a thousand questions i want to ask boom and try to break it down to just a couple um how much do you think having the brain hemorrhage influenced you meeting your husband a lot because can i tell you i don't think i would have given him a second look (laughs) to be perfectly honest you can tell us i don't know if you can tell him that michelle (laughs) no he knows he knows i mean april you probably didn't have this syndrome but like i was dating like the the crazy, exciting, you know, not very committed type of guy. Sure. sure. Um, My husband is just a great man, really great soul, uh, goofy. And, you know, and it's funny, I just don't know if I would have given him a second glance, Mm -hmm. but it was the right time, the right moment. And it worked and it's still working. We got married in uh, 2006. So what are we on? 14, almost 15 years. Yeah. Wow. It's so interesting that, of course, what oftentimes that's the case, right? We face this terrible thing by all intents and purposes. You had a brain hemorrhage and you almost died. That's pretty significant, pretty life-changing. And yet something so amazing came out of that experience that may not have occurred. And I think that's true in life, though, is it's when are you open? When are you open to opportunities? When are you open to meeting people? You know, what kind of people are you bringing into your life? What are you looking for? And sometimes you have to have that shift. Sometimes you have to have like a big incident sort of shake you and wake you up to make you available and and to give you different eyes to look at at people, at situation with different eyes. And I think that's what really happened to me. I love that phrase to make you available. Yeah. That's a, a really good phrase because it, it, for those kinds of big changes, oftentimes we are pretty shut off from them. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, and it does, it, it, it gives you, uh, and that's one thing that can be hard is mm-hmm. as you see certain doors close, you know, as you really want something super bad and it doesn't happen, sure. the more you hold on to that, the more you're looking at that closed door, you're not mm-hmm. going to be able to see the other opportunities that are coming your way and you're not available and open to them. And that's, uh, you know, with pivoting, I think that's, key is the quicker you can get over whatever the disappointment is, whatever the brain hemorrhage is, whatever Mm -hmm. the, you know, opportunity that you really want, it doesn't come through. The sooner you can get through that, Mm -hmm. the quicker you can move on and you can see what else is out there and what kind of energy are you putting out into the universe? Because people read your energy, whether you realize it or not. But if you're, if you're just acting disappointed, like poor me, you know, can you imagine if I would have been like, poor me, I almost died. You know, that's not fair. You know, I was like, Hey, I saw my barista and I was like, hi, I'm so happy to see you. And she's like, what? here's your chai tea latte, <laughs> you know, but like, 
you know, she was like excited to see me because here mm-hmm. I am excited to see her. And that's sure. And, and I, don't get me wrong. I've had a lot of disappointments in my life. I've had a lot of things not happen, but the quicker you can get yourself like, all right, it didn't happen. I feel bad, but okay, I'm going to move on. And, and moving forward is key. Don't stay still, keep moving. And sometimes it might have to be the side. Sometimes it might have to be a little bit back, but just mm-hmm. keep moving. Good yeah. things can happen. For sure. You know, one, one of the phrases we talk about a lot is what is this teaching me? For me, I don't, I'm, I've never been as kind of my personal opinion. I've never been one that's like, oh, everything happens for a reason. Cause sometimes really bad things happen. Yeah. But I think we can find reason and we can find things that we can learn from it. I don't necessarily think that it's all, you know, created that way, but what we can do is say, okay, well, this, this terrible thing happened. What, what things can I learn from it? What can I, what can I experience that I wouldn't be able to experience before? And and when we look for those opportunities, it totally changes whatever just happened to us. And some of them can be pretty significant. True. And the other thing too with that, and I totally agree, what can you learn from that? And sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, okay, what can I learn so that if I see this happening again, I don't <laughs> do it again? Because exactly. if you don't learn, you're going to keep repeating the same mistake over and over again until you do learn. It's amazing how that it just happens. It will just keep coming to you until you finally are like, all right, I need to face this. What's my part in it? I need to own it. And mm-hmm. then we can move on from there. I'm thinking about the career that you had before and then l- leaving that. How did you handle, one of the things we talk about on Pivot Me is when people make these pivots, how they deal with the identity change. Because if you are sounds like you had, you know, a prominent position, a visible position. People looked up to you. You probably had a team and all these, mm-hmm. these, these people in your network that kind of make us have this elevated status. How do you switch identities and go now I'm going to go do something else where you don't maybe have that status or that cloud? It was hard. And yeah. I kept yeah. looking at my phone. I wasn't getting the same emails that I usually get. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I was getting emails for play dates. I wasn't getting emails for like, storylines and for the young and the restless. I was like, what's going on? Yes. <laughs> that yeah. was probably one of the hardest adjustments was not being on 24-7, not, mm-hmm. you know, having to respond for, you know, what fire? There were always fires. So I need right. to put out a fire. And now I was, you know, like setting up play dates and going to singing classes and, but, you know, it's a, it's a little different because it, the identity was from a network executive to a mom. Mm. You know? And then I realized I need some outlet. So I started doing consulting. So that helped a lot to be able to do the consulting and stuff like that. So that was really, that, that helped with the adjustment. And then moving out here and getting life, getting used to living on the East Coast, it's very different than Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, so that was, you know, another another transition. And then starting my business has been really interesting because, you know, being a solopreneur, it's mm-hmm. lonely and it's up to you. You know, if you don't get up and do it that day, nothing gets done. There's mm-hmm. nobody else doing it. So it's, it's really interesting to take the skills and the relationships that I had before mm-hmm. and help me with what I'm doing right now. And if I can say anything to to your folks uh, with Pivot Me, pivoting, mm-hmm. changing, whatever, it all comes down to relationships. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm pulling back from my relationships, you know, 15 years ago. And 
it's it's the best thing in the world to have somebody pick up your phone call. Mm. You know, it really is. And sure. return your texts or emails. So whatever you're doing or whatever you're going to pivot, you most likely sometime in your life through LinkedIn or emails or however, are going to reach back one day mm-hmm. to, to, to use your contacts that you've sure. had with whatever you're doing. So, so it's all relationships. So don't yeah. burn any bridges. Don't burn the bridges. And, and the other thing I heard in there is, you know, if possible, continue to foster them because oh, yeah, absolutely. eventually that will come around that you might need them or they might need you. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So oh, yeah. And, it, and that's the other thing that's been nice. It's been nice for me to be able to help, help some of my friends too, as well with my podcast, the new mid, I've been able to bring on some of my friends who, who are in midlife who are still acting or in the in- entertainment industry and mm-hmm. give them a voice and stuff like that. So it's been nice. It's been really good. So what made you decide to uh, start the podcast? Well, you know, it's funny because um, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. Being in the entertainment industry, especially in daytime, the the advertisers love 18 to 49. Like mm. that is their their demo. So when I turned 49, I was like, oh my God, I'm about to become irrelevant. Like I don't want to be irrelevant. Oh my God. As soon as I'm I did that. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I was like, I didn't want to party, nothing. And so what a great example for my kids, right? <laughs> so my mom and my best friend, my my parents, both my parents came out and my best friend from LA surprised me and showed up. And that was, I didn't realize how much that would mean to me. And then a couple of my girlfriends from here in Maryland, that meant the world to me. And then I was like, what am I doing? Like, this is ridiculous. Like, I'm still young. Who cares? 50 is just a number. And by the way, tell people you're 50, you're doing pretty good. Like, yeah. yeah. So, so then I was like, you know what? I want to help other women like me. Like I want to help them reinvent themselves and mm-hmm. I want to help them realize their purpose and their clarity. And if we need to, you know, just what can I give them? How can I help women like me realize that it's not bad. It's not over. It's only, we're still climbing. Sure. So I talked to local, I'm, I was good friends with the gentleman who Fred Manning, who owns Manning media and he owns the local radio stations here that are all music by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I talked him into giving me a half hour on the radio. So wow. He's like, well, it was funny. I put the deck together for the new mid. And I was like, look at all these women who are amazing, who are in midlife. Like they're crushing it. And I think there's an audience out there. And I really think people want to hear this. And we have a lot, a lot of local, good local people here in Frederick. Mm -hmm. So I literally got to the fourth page in the deck and he's like, done, let's do it. (laughs) I was like, yes. Wow. Wow. So you know, so I used my skill. I wasn't radio, but I was TV. So I understood that and I didn't know where to go. And I'll tell you right now, I'm not tech savvy. I'm just not. So it was wonderful to have him, you know, believe in me, his crew there at the radio station. Mm -hmm. They're wonderful. They're super helpful for me with um, editing and and promoting it. Um, So that's been great. So that's been that was, uh, it was a year in October. So that was mm-hmm. exciting. So I'm about 18 months in. So that's been fabulous. And then from there, where I met you, mm-hmm. I met you trying to figure out my brand at Brand Builders, mm-hmm. um, they were like, Michelle, you need to be a life coach. Like you're so bubbly and energetic. And 
And I used to be an aerobics uh, fitness instructor. I did spin and and all this other stuff. And um, they're like, you're a natural teacher. And I was like, I don't know, should I, shouldn't I? And so then I was like, you know what? You're right. And then people just started coming. And I have this amazing academy, April, of midlife women who are just crushing it. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's a great community. Because I don't know about Mm -hmm. you, but... I love community and with this pandemic and isolation, it's just so nice to have a great group of women. Huge difference. So I heard, so thank you for sharing that. That is amazing. And and community is really what it's all about. And a lot of what, why we show up and do the things we do is being part of and also creating community for people like that. There's a lot of change. I mean, I I love your background and and I I still want to ask about the Iron Man as well. We got to get to that here in a second, but (laughs) there's so much change in that, Michelle. Those changes, those all take a lot of courage. Where does that come from? Where does the the backbone to make all these significant changes in life come from? Okay. So I think this is, I think men do this much better than women, to be perfectly honest, but you just push ahead and you're just like, I'm going to do this. And you Mm -hmm. just believe in yourself and you just, what can go wrong? They'll just say no. You know, Yeah. I was so convinced. I was so convinced and I just knew it in my bones. And when you know that, when you have that conviction, mm-hmm. you can move mountains. Mm-hmm. It's amazing what you can do. And just having that faith and belief in yourself is yeah. huge. It's also contagious. I mean, yeah. people see it in you and they get swept up in that. So when you have this like unwavering faith in this project or this launch or whatever it is, people get excited and they get swept up in your enthusiasm for it. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. That's huge. Huge. So tell us about the Iron Man. Tell us that story. Okay. This is, yeah, this is crazy. This is pre-kids. We were talking about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Pre-children. Our, our race stories before kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was hanging out with a group of crazy people. And we started doing, I started doing triathlons because I wanted to get over my fear of the ocean. Mm. So I, um, I know, which is crazy because I lived in Manhattan beach and Hermosa beach for a long time. So it was good not to be scared of the ocean. So so I started doing mini triathlons and then graduated, you know, Mm -hmm. to Olympic, then half Ironman. And you start hanging around with these people, right? Because Mm -hmm. you need to train and all of that. So then they're like, let's do an Iron Man, And we're like, cool. Well, if we're going to do one, let's do it somewhere fun. So we're like, yeah, yeah where do you want to go? So somewhere fun and somewhere we could qualify to get in. Mm-hmm. Too. Those are two yeah. big, big things. And For so sure. New, Zealand, how, uh, <clears throat> New Zealand, we did it in New Zealand mm-hmm. in 2003. And um, oh my gosh, it was fun. It was a lot of work. Like all you think about is what you're going to eat, how, when you're going to sleep, what your training schedule is, and then work, family, everything else is like way. <laughs> I don't know how I kept my job. Sure. It's a full time job. It is. It really you is. Before work and after work. And yeah, mm-hmm. so, so that was pretty funny. Well, we were doing a century ride literally in Palm Springs, literally one month before the race. And, ride, by the way, is a hundred mile bike ride for those who are. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we were at 50, mile fifty one. I kid you uh-huh. not. And we were in a peloton. We were in a group, and someone behind me took out my back tire. So the 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 next thing, I mean, I remember looking down to see that this person took out my back tire, 
And the next thing I knew, one of my friends was over standing over me going, oh my God, are you okay? Are you okay? I had a concussion. I had broken my ring finger and I didn't realize what was going on with my right knee. But after several doctors, and finally I went to a PT in Santa Monica, who's amazing. He literally took my leg, like my knee was bent and he took the bottom part of my leg, like my shin, and here's my knee joint. And it went like this and this. I'm like, that's not supposed to do that. And he's like, no, it's not. So I had a torn posterior cruciate ligament, the Mm -hmm. PCL, which is very hard to tear, by the way. It's really hard to tear. So I, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. So one month before I tore my PCL and I was like, I didn't know. So I was in PT like religiously until I went, you know, he tried to put me back together as best he could. One month before, one month before. I paid all my money. I bought a new bike. You know, I've done all those hours of training. I spent Christmas day out on PCH. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so we get there two days before the race. I can't walk. So the day before the race, I just lay on the couch the entire day and pray I can do the Ironman. And sure enough, somehow I got it done. It was 15 hours, 15 hours, but I did it. I was hoping to do it in 13 hours, but it took me two more hours. But hey, I got it done. Oh, you said two days before you couldn't walk? I couldn't walk, no. Because of your knee injury? Because my knee injury, because... We got to New Zealand and there was a huge festival. So mm-hmm. you want to walk around and you want to do the town. So I was walking around and going to all the booths and everything and setting up my bike. And then all of a sudden I was with my friends and I was like, oh my God, I can't walk. Like I can't put any pressure on my right leg. Oh and gosh. they're like, oh my gosh. So luckily one of the guys in our group was dating a nurse. And she came for the, she came along and I was like, Oh my God, what do I do? And she's like, nothing. She goes, you need to lay on this couch for the entire day and see if you can walk tomorrow. I was like, okay. (laughs) Wow. And you still did it. I mean, did people support that? I feel like people around you would be like, this is a bad idea. Well, you know, you're with the triathlete. No, you're with triathletes. They're like, good luck. Yeah, exactly. Stuck it up. Yeah. You know what, April? I have to tell you, though, you know, we're talking about pivoting and we're talking Mm -hmm. about, you know, what does it take to get to the next level? And honestly, and I think your audience could relate to this, but it does take a lot of discipline. Mm -hmm. And I think being a former athlete, and I think you could relate to this, you learn how to have that kind of discipline. You learn what it takes to like get up every morning, make sure you're doing your morning routine, make sure Mm -hmm. you're following through, especially when you have your own business. Because like Mm -hmm. I said before, if you're not doing it, no one else will be doing it. Sure. You know, and I have to say, I learned the daytime soap opera actors they are so disciplined and they do their homework and the stuff they have to do is incredible. They were great examples. And I also have one wow. other example too, Betty White. I mean, she's everything you think she would be. I had the fortune, the opportunity to spend an entire day with her. We were doing a pilot for the $25,000 pyramid and she was a celebrity contestant. And then there was a regular contestant that she'd work with. Mm-hmm. She showed up with just her makeup kit, no entourage. You know, she wasn't like, 
fancy. She wasn't demanding anyone who wanted a picture with her, anyone who wanted to talk to her. She was just kind. And then she was always, she wanted to make sure the executive producers were happy with her gameplay, that she got everything she needed to do. I mean, such an example of a great workout, down to earth, happy, laughed. She laughed all the time, just easily laughed, you know? So I, I felt very fortunate to have been around some amazing people. I love that you tell the backstory of that because it's easy um, if you're on this side of the camera to assume that maybe there's a natural gift or it's not as hard. It's not, they make it look easy, right? I mean, right. what we're seeing looks easy. And I love you painting the picture of actually it's tremendous discipline. And it sounds like a lot, some of the people, at least Betty White has some humility and always a student and I love that. Good. Cause I love that woman. I'm so yeah. glad to hear that. Oh yeah. I didn't, you know what it was, I'm dating myself, but it was in the days when I didn't have a camera on my phone at that time. And I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh, I would have taken a picture now. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Oh, she's so hilarious. I love Betty White quotes. Um, so, so, um, I real quick, I love how you were talking about being a former athlete and it teaches you um, a discipline, but it also teaches you what we were kind of joking around about of, um, what's the phrase? Embrace the suck. I think David Goggin used it, but I think it's from the Marines originally. Anyways, um, that it's, it's, uh, you're not going to love every step of it. It's really consistent execution that gets us there. And especially when we're a business owner, that's tough. I mean, to your point, that's the biggest adjustment. So I work with a lot of business owners and many of them are much larger than that, but sometimes they're newer, you know, less than five years. And that's an adjustment of if, if I don't show up, if I don't move, especially if I'm a solopreneur, nothing moves ahead unless you get up and you di- direct your team or you do it yourself. And that's such a big adjustment because when we come from the corporate world, we have our achievements and we're like, well, I did this and I did this and I did this. And not to downplay the achievements of the corporate world, but they're usually collaborative events. It's like, I did this. Well, IT worked, which is how you got on that video. And, you know, the ops team was working fine, which is how you got to the right location because someone else booked your trip. And it's actually so much more collaborative. And then you own your own business and you're like, oh, well, this is going to be, this is going to be interesting. I need to make sure that all these parts and pieces move. It's, it's a huge adjustment for new entrepreneurs. I'm glad you shared in your, your journey. No doubt there was many hiccups along the way. Yeah, no, it's great. And it's, it's consistency. It's just being consistent. And, and like Malcolm X says, the more you do something, the better you get it, the, you know, and it's true. Yeah. It's yeah. absolutely true. So I just want to encourage people to not get discouraged mm-hmm. that when it is hard. You know what? You're right where you're supposed to be. So sure. just figure it out, keep going um, mm-hmm. and show up, show up for yourself, show up for the people that you're serving And they'll be there. It it just takes some time. Everything demands your attention right now. You want to be on your A game, but you need two of you just to manage your day. But what if I could multiply you? What if I told you there are secrets that top performers are using right now to still get ahead? There are, and I'll give them to you. In my new Four Steps videos, I'll show you how to master distraction, practice prioritization, get the right things done without working more hours. And for now, I'm doing it for free. Your time is priceless right now and you need to take back control of your day and your to-do list. 
go to pivot-me.com backslash four steps and you can begin the videos within seconds. We all need more time right now and four steps will give it to you. Yes, you can multiply yourself and I'll show you how to do it in four steps. Since you've made the transition over to, to coaching into podcasting, have you thought about throwing in the towel? Has oh, there been a moment where you? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, you've got to admit it's it's a it's work doing these yes. podcasts. You know, sure. I mean, it's not it, it and it kind of cracks me up because there's a lot of people like, oh, I want to do a podcast, and you're like, okay, but what type of podcast are you going to do? Some people will just turn the microphone on and start talking, which is mm-hmm. great. But you and I, we do interview podcasts. Mm-hmm. You know, and so and and. You know, like for instance, I'm going to be interviewing Joan London tomorrow. And I mean, this is, a, I have a lot of homework and I'm, you know, she, she interviews people for a living. So interviewing her is no pressure, little, Michelle. <laughs> it's just a little out. intimidating, <laughs> right? And then, you know, having my coaching and, and like you are a great example of this continual learning, just more education, mm-hmm. upping your game. And then, mm-hmm. you know, there are two children in the house that need their mom, you know, that are virtual yeah. learning. So that's always exciting. Oh. And then there is such a thing as social media. So trying to learn all of that as a midlife woman is very fascinating too. So absolutely, it's, it's a lot to juggle, but it's fun. So earlier, actually, I was just talking to um, to Kristen Cullen from Grand Builders Group, and we were talking about the social media hurdle that a lot of people face. So was that a hurdle for you? It just being much more, what I've seen in the past is just being much more visible in social media, that that sometimes can be a hurdle for people. Did you struggle with that? Okay, like, so yeah. Okay. So if you, if you talk to any, like I know, I and, and I apologize for the guys out there. This is, you can talk to your wives or your girlfriends, but especially moms, mm-hmm. if you were to grab a mom's phone and look at her camera, it's all her children. Totally. She's never where she's not in it at all. Yeah. Like it's her children or it's her husband and her children. Yeah. It's but not her. Sometimes. So it's can not. I tell you how hard it is? Because everybody's like, oh, in social media, you got to post pictures of yourself. And I'm like, scrolling through my phone going, I don't have any of myself. Here's my LinkedIn photo. Use that one instead. It's totally true. You know? So, so I've just recently been getting better and I've been like giving my phone to my husband and I'm like, okay, take a picture of me. And I'm like, true. you know, how does that look? You know, it's just hilarious. So I, I was thinking when I, when I got into podcasting, I'm like, I think I wish I would have known more about his posing because like every, we're getting real, we're getting real here on this. So every time, so my sister is this amazing makeup and hair artist. She just, she does it for magazines and for movie shoots. She's just unbelievable, right? None of those skills translated over to the sister, right? So every photo that was taken, as she would say, I stood like a linebacker, like the photos going, I'm like, you know, every single one. And she's like, turn sideways, pop the hip. I had yeah, none of that. one foot in front of the other, you know? Yeah. I looked like I was carrying a kettlebell in every photo that was taken of me. And she's like, why do you do that? No, this is terrible. So um, I joke around and like, that's what I needed to know more of is like how to be photographed. Because I was like, yeah, those photographs look amazing. She's like, you know, they took about 800 of them for that one photo. And for anyone who's out there who's about to have a photo shoot, just so you know, I mean, it's just 
anyways. It, and that's a part of this. The, your your personal brand and for the podcast and for the coaching that you're doing, you really have to have this robust personal brand, which is which is so important. But that is the flip side of it. The images and all the social media, I mean, that's a piece of it. But you know what's interesting? So I interviewed uh, Sir Richard Branson's former attorney. Mm. And she said, because I was like, okay, you got to tell me, what is a billionaire's mindset? Like, he, he, she was she start, she was one of the very first attorneys for Virgin. Wow. He so was on the ground floor and she had some interesting okay. stories before he was who, you know, who he is now. Mm-hmm. One of the, one of the tips she said is Richard's his brand. Like yeah. he is, Sir Richard is, and she's funny because she just calls him Richard, you know, but yeah. when he was having a trouble with Virgin Airlines and he, and British Airway was giving him a hard time, he dressed up as an, uh, as a flight attendant. <laughs> I love this guy. Yeah. You know? But he jumped out, you know, he had hot air balloons and yeah. he did crazy things mm-hmm. jumping out of airplanes and off cliffs and whatever other yeah. crazy stuff he does. But he's his brand. I mean, that is his brand. That's and true. it really kind of set with me and whoever is doing this type of stuff too, you are your brand. So mm-hmm. what is that going to be? So you'll see me with my kids. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm a midlife mom who has younger kids and they're keeping sure. me young and that helps my mindset. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, you won't yeah. see me in a bikini with tattoos in the beach posing. That's just, yeah. that you're not going to see that. Although I do have to say one of my goals for 2021 is to get back into a bikini. I am going to okay. work on that. We'll see what happens. And it sounds like we need a side tattoo. That's what I heard too, Michelle. Like a oh, tattoo. side tattoos? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what I heard. The bikini goes with a side tattoo with the drink on the side of the pool. Okay. Pretty sure they go hand in hand. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's amazing. That's so, that's so important. You know, okay. So we're, we're, we're going on a tangent a little bit, but I think this is so important. Michelle, something you said that's so so critical when you're saying grab the phone of any mom and there's not photos of her. And that, as soon as you said grab the phone, I'm like, I know where she's going because I had this hurdle myself as I didn't, I'm not of the selfie generation either. And so the idea of like hitting that little reverse the camera back on you, what's an adjustment? I remember the first time I did it out in public. I mean, just to be real, I felt ridiculous. I felt like, oh my God, am I really going to be like a 22 year old standing there smiling and staring at my phone? The answer is yes. Yeah, I eventually I got used to it, but that was a huge, huge hurdle for me. But the point I wanted to make is you said in the camera, there's not a lot of photos of, of the mom. Moms, if you're listening right now, get in the frame with your kids. Do not say, oh, I don't look good. Oh, I'm not dressed nice. Oh, my hair's not done. Get in the frame with your kids. My dear friend, Pat and I talk about this a lot, that our, our daughters are actually best friends. Your daughter's watching you. You know, I'm raising two girls. I have a seven and a nine-year-old. And if I say, oh, my hair is in a messy bun, I don't want to get in. What am I telling my kids? Like you have to print before you can get photographed, before they, we can have documentation of our family photo. And so I don't want to lob additional stress and pressure on moms because man, it's, it's tough and it's definitely tough in the season. But get in the frame, get in the frame. Gosh, they're watching you. I mean, we're role models, not just in the times that we want to be, but in the times that we don't want to be. And if if I don't want my daughter to not get in the frame because she doesn't look good enough to be in the frame, then I sure as hell need to get in there with her. 
You know, what's hilarious too, is, um, my daughter, my nine-year-old, I have a nine-year-old too. Mm-hmm. She one time took my picture and she, she's like, mommy, look, and I'm looking at her and she's getting rid of my crow's feet. <laughs> <laughs> she knows how to do that. I had no idea. How to oh do my God. I know. Okay. So can I tell you a funny story about starting to learn how to do selfies? Yes. So I have short arms. Like my husband would always call me T-Rex. He just thought it was hilarious because I have little arms. So trying to do a selfie with little arms is really hard. And when I couldn't do it, like you, I would only get like this part of my head. This oh my God. Some of the first selfies are hilarious. Oh God, that's a great story. You should absolutely share that. (laughs) This is why they made like the stick, the The selfie stick, stick, which also I've got a major hurdle over. I mean, it just, I just don't like, uh, I don't see anyone over 35 using a selfie stick. I'm not judging you if you do, but like, I just can't. Anyway, I, I mean, it's practical, but you know, what's funny is um, in my Facebook group, the new mid private Facebook group, it's for women mm-hmm. in midlife every morning. It started, it's I'm almost on a year now. It started with COVID. I would mm-hmm. go on a walk and I'd be like, what day is it? I can't, is it Monday? Like ugh, I couldn't remember. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to start saying good morning. So I started saying good morning to my group and I tell them it's Monday, February 1st, you know, whatever it was Mm -hmm. that's today, but you know, I started in March Mm -hmm. and then I just started saying, you know, inspirational quotes because people Mm -hmm. were, were sad and frustrated. And I was like, Oh, I'm just going to start doing this. Well, now that I've been doing it for almost a year, it gets easier. You know, it just gets easier. So if you're out there and you're trying to figure out if you've got short arms, (laughs) <laughs> like me, <laughs> you have a lot of selfies of your chin. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, you know, it's just showing up, and I, and even telling the stories, like the story you just shared, sharing that behind the scenes. Um, you know, one thing we talk about a lot um, internally is that people will, people can admire our accomplishments, but they'll identify with us in our vulnerabilities, mm-hmm. and so we have to say, like, here's my first three selfies; they're all of my chin. Or here's me trying to figure out this or, or sharing the story about how my sister's like, why do you square off in every photo that's taken of you? It's terrible. Like, you know, turn sideways, pop the hip. Sharing that, it's the humanity of it. It's like the humanness of the experience. And I think we do, uh, we do our disservice when we take that out of business. You know, I came from the corporate world as well. And yeah, I've been an entrepreneur for a while, but definitely the majority of my career, I had side businesses, but I, I mostly was in the corporate world. And we, we sucked the humanness right out of it. We had such perfectly crafted messages and um, we, we were very particular about what, what we saw as our brand, but there was no humanity to it. There's no depth to our brand. It was just, okay, well, here's my deliverables. Here's my LinkedIn profile. Well, you know what's really interesting? Profile. You know what's really interesting and talking about my little one, like taking out my crow's feet on the picture. Yeah, yeah. You were adorable. saying that like Instagram stories and lives are much, people are liking them more because they're authentic. So if we mm-hmm. were to mess up right now, that, yeah. you know, it's live. That's what it would be. Sure, so, sure. You know, and I think people are liking that more because they are wanting mm-hmm. more authentic. They're, they're tired of the airbrushed and like, mm-hmm. you know, the everything is perfect, you know, sure. scenarios. Absolutely. So, so one thing I, in, in the content and the things that you do both in your Facebook group and on your podcast 
you know, can you give us some of the insights, what the topics that you discuss and kind of the, um, the journey that you take people through, like where they start at and then where they finish with Michelle? Okay. Well, what's interesting is I just did a workshop. So it's just so funny that you're saying that and I'm just finishing it. It's one of the things that come to mind is, and, and, and as a life coach, this is kind of life coaching one-on-one and I'm sure your, your people have heard this before, but it's really, how do you look at your circumstances? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's how you think about them. It's your thoughts, it's your mindset, because that mm-hmm. leads to your attitude and your feelings and mm-hmm. then how you're going to react, how you're going to act. And then that's going to sure. give you your results. Yeah. So it all starts and ends with your mindset and, mm-hmm. and taking a look at like, what are your IMs? What is that voice oh, yeah. in your head? What are you saying to yourself? Is it negative? Is it positive? And mm-hmm. then a huge thing for me is mm-hmm. who do you surround yourself with? Your and they group. say you're the sum yeah. total of the five people that you hang out with. But mm-hmm. I want to put another little exclamation point on that. You should have three types of people in your life. You should have the people that who are in your life right now will cheer you on. Mm-hmm. They should be positive. They shouldn't be dragging you down. They mm-hmm. shouldn't be jealous. They shouldn't be saying, no, that's a bad idea. You want sure. them to be honest, though. You don't want them to blow sunshine up, you know. Yeah. You want them to be like, hey, you know, that might not be wise because of X, Y, Z and actually mm-hmm. have good things about it, but not people that are just going to drag you down or people who are just negative and downers all the mm-hmm. time. The second type of people you want in your life is they're just a little bit above where you want to be. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're, they, they've walked the walk. But you're like, oh my gosh, that you know, I, I love, I love that they're climbing and they're close to where they am, but they're a little bit above me. And then mm-hmm. the next set group of people, or you know, that you want, they should be 10, 15, 20 years where you want to be, mm-hmm. so that you can look up that they've had the path, that mm-hmm. they can be like a mentor, and they sure. can help you lead the way. And yeah. then, then, then the final thing I'll wrap up is. I really believe that in the law of attraction, I believe mm-hmm. you put things out in the universe that it's going to come back to you, you know, mm-hmm. and I try to get people to imagine, okay, what is it that you want? What do you, yeah. you know, my academy is a year long program. So what I'll do is I'll be like, where do you want to be in 12 months? Who is that mm-hmm. person? What do they look like? What's in their life? And we really break it down. And then we go and we back back like where will we be in nine months where will we be in six months where will we be in three months mm-hmm. and then we break it down to, into 12 week cycles and then week by week so we get really down because yeah. you want to do small steps sure and you know atomic habits tiny habits mm-hmm. all of those have really proven to work um so we do small little baby steps because it's a lifestyle like we're it's not a quick fix It's not something that's just going to change overnight, Mm -hmm. but every tiny little habit, you'll build a really abundant second half and lifestyle. And then the last thing I will leave you with is something, and a lot of people have been talking about this, but I'm going to reiterate it is the Mark Twain, eat the frog. Oh yes. Eat your frog first. You know, it really Mm -hmm. makes a difference. You know, what that is. We, We talked about a few podcasts, but for those who are listening that aren't familiar with what the frog is. Tell us, Michelle. So Mark Twain talked about doing the worst thing first. Mm-hmm. So, and he calls that eating a frog. So the thing that you really don't want to do, do it first thing. 
Mm-hmm. And then if you have two things that you really don't want to do, eat the fatter frog. Yep. <laughs> so eat the one that you don't want to do the most. Yeah. And do those first. So then you know the rest of the day, the worst things you've had to do have gotten you've taken care of them and they're done. Sure. And it's funny because your frog might change, it might move. Mm-hmm. But um just just keeping that top of mind. And mm-hmm. I have uh, one of my clients, she's so funny. She she took a picture and showed me. She has a big frog as her picture on her phone. Oh, I love and it. And so it reminds her like in the morning, there's the yeah. frog. <laughs> so she has to eat her frog. So we did a podcast on eat the ugliest frog first. And it's uh, talks about the book um, as well. But one of the things that we talk about is when we don't eat our frog, that it just, dra- it, it occupies what I was called m- mental real estate. It, it doesn't go away. It's constantly there. And I'm like, imagine you wake up in the morning and there's your frog sitting there when you turn off the alarm and you brush your teeth in the morning, and your frog's still sitting there. You're constantly aware that you've got to do this thing. It doesn't matter what the thing is. It could be, I have to schedule a doctor's appointment. I'm really dreading, I'm worried about the results, or it could be, I have to fire this client or I, whatever the frog is, it's this big thing that has to be done. And I'll add, and has to be done by you, but you're putting it off. It occupies so much rental real estate. And one of the things that we talk about is high performers, they still have frogs. In fact, many of them have more frogs. They just get really good at eating them fast. Like, oh, there's that thing I don't want to do. It's not about the time that you dedicate to the frog. Like, oh, it's just 45 minutes. No, 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 no. It sucked your energy and your mental real estate for hours knowing you had to do this thing and you kept putting it off. So you really do get back hours by eating that frog fast. And, and right. It doesn't take up the, your time, your, your mental space. And you spend so much time worrying mm-hmm. about it and thinking about it that it's like just all that time that you're thinking about worrying about it, just do it. <laughs> do it. Yeah. And usually they never taste as bad as you think they're going to taste. Right. Like usually you don't get into it and go, Oh my God, that was way worse than I thought. Occasionally that happens, but most of the time it's the anticipation of agony that's way worse than the agony itself. Right, exactly. Oh, and then the other thing that's hugely important, and mm-hmm. this is a Tom Brady thing too for you mm-hmm. gentlemen out there: mm-hmm. water, drink water. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. huge. That it may it will make a big difference, especially for those of us who are in midlife. Mm-hmm. It's funny because one of my clients, she didn't realize how dehydrated she was all the time, and mm-hmm. she. She, she's like, she goes, you know what? I kind of feel like the Tin Man. I kind of feel like I've been oiled, like my joints are oiled. And wow. a lot of the aches and pains that she used to have are gone now. And wow. it, does, it makes a big difference to drink water. It helps your brain, will help you focus. Just so many benefits. And then you might want to add some electrolytes in it as well. Little lemon, little ginger. Sure. Um, that helps as well. Not just, you know, but do drink just water try to cut back on that alcohol, especially when you're getting older, alcohol and sugar, they, um, they're causing, they can cause dementia and Alzheimer's. So, um, yeah, that alcohol, not good for us. Replace it with water. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I was just thinking about, uh, actually one of, one of my clients that I work with, he drinks something called rocket fuel. I think it's from the Gundry diet. Anyways, it's, it's a combination of a bunch of leafy grains and then it has ginger in it and turmeric and a couple other things. It's, it's amazing. And he's got me drinking it now. And I, I love it. You really do feel amazing afterwards. And it's really just a green juice that you're making at home. But That's you, awesome. You well, I think you should different. put it in the notes, the show notes. I, I should. Put recipe in there. Peter, I'm going to put your rocket fuel in there. So yeah, I think you should. Peter. So um, just a couple more questions real quick. But first, 
Let me ask you this, Michelle, where do people find you? Where do they go to connect with Michelle? Well, I'm my, all my social media platforms are at the new mid. So Mm -hmm. T-H-E-M-I-D-N-E-W. And I'm not the Corvette, the, the, the engine for the Corvette. (laughs) Cause when I first started and you typed in Google, the new mid, all these Corvette engine parts came up and I'm like, Oh, great. I totally understand. There's a there's a lingerie model named April Garcia. I was really conflicted. Oh, nice. I mean, I get mistaken for all the time. So it's a real problem. But uh, I was sure like, oh, you have to fight that SEO to get that away from her. So I totally hear you. <laughs> so yeah, and then you know, I'm thenewmid.com. You know, you okay. can reach me there. That's fine. Perfect. Perfect. What lies ahead for you? What What's next for Michelle? What's what you, it sounds like you do a lot of vision casting. Well, it's really interesting that you say that because, you know, for me, I'm really excited to, as you, you know, being podcasters, I I'm really excited to sort of up my game because I really want to serve my clients and, and show them and learn from some of the best people out there. So I really want to try to up my game with getting a little more uh, guests that, that, that people will be interested in. And uh, so that's really exciting for me. I'm also expanding my um, coaching practice. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be launching a digital course this fall, which I'm excited about because I have more people who, yeah, I know you launched your digital course. I did. did. It's a lot of work, but exciting. It is. It is. It's worth it. It's a great way to multiply your impact too. Just yes. really get reach a lot of people that really need what you've got. It's a great way to do it. Yeah. So that's what I'm hoping to do. I'm following in your footsteps with that. <laughs> and then, you know, I really want to do a TEDx talk. Oh, um, that's on the list. And then a book. So what's the topic of your TEDx talk? Do you already know? Um, you know, it's between a couple. So I'm just kind of ruminating on them right sure. now. Sure. You know, I, I actually usually ask this question two questions ago and I accidentally skipped it. So we kind of talked about this a little bit, but I would just want to ask, ask it more succinctly. Michelle, if you could tell the world one thing, what would it be? <sighs> you mean besides drink water? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's really interesting because I think for women, and I'm going to be, I know your audience is mostly male, so hopefully bear with me, guys. Mm-hmm. But it's self-confidence. I think that a lot of us have a lot, huge lack of self-confidence that we put other people before ourselves, that it's easy for us. I like to say we give everybody else the whole cookie and we take the crumbs Mm -hmm. that it is okay. We are in midlife now. It is okay to start to take the whole cookie for yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, other people can eat some of the cookie crumbs too. It's okay. Don't feel guilty about it. You know, Mm -hmm grow into the person that you want to be, that you know you can be and get the education, get whatever that that you need to get you to the next step. And don't stop growing, don't stop learning, but really believe in yourself, mm-hmm. be the person that you are, get get from get from behind the shadows, you know, get get in front of take a picture with you and your kids. Like yeah. be in the pictures be proactive in doing things for your life because you know what? We only have one life to live and the sands in our hourglass are getting less and every day is a gift. And now is the time to go for it. Like really 
dig down deep and, and, and go keep moving. I'm all about moving, moving forward. If you have to move to the side for sometimes that's fine, but stay in motion and yeah. keep going and it's okay. And there's going to be people that are going to support you and lift you up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, really when you close your eyes at night, it's you. And when you open your eyes in the morning, it's you. And like every morning I, I thank God, I open my eyes and I'm like, thank you for today, God, and help me have a productive day. Wow. And, and then bam. And then I'm off to my feet are on the ground. I feel my feet on the ground. And I know a lot of times people will take their shoes and socks off and, you know, walk around in the earth to f- get really grounded. Well, I do that even though I have carpet in my bedroom, but I make sure my feet feel the ground in the morning when I wake up. Like that's hugely important. I have water by my bed. I drink some water first thing, you know, and then I do my meditation and my journaling, but Mm -hmm. really whatever it takes for you to get to the point where you believe in yourself, where Mm -hmm. you have a purpose, where you have drive, do that. Like grab life by the, you know, just go for it because, you know, we're, we're still young enough. We're still able, but you know what? Those days are getting less. Mm -hmm. So it's time. It's time to do it now. It's time. Gosh, it's time to do it now. There's your Ted talk right there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. I think we quoted Tony Robbins earlier, but he always says, when would now be a good time? (laughs) <laughs> and I always love that phrase. So the time to do it's now. That's a powerful message, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your journey and what you guys are doing, what, you, what you're what you doing in the new mid and also that transition from the world that you used to be in to this world and the courage and, and the tools that you used to get you there provided such great information for us today. Thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for having me. And I hope I hope some of this is helpful for someone out there. For so. sure. <laughs> for sure it is. I'll put the links that you gave us into the show notes so everyone can connect with Michelle. If you haven't already um, hopped on and subscribed to her podcast, definitely do. Some great information. It sounds like some great guests as well. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. No, we have... Um, it's funny. I have a woman talking about money right now because we all have you know, I think sex and money are taboo topics. So, you know, so having a healthy relationship with money and there's also a woman on there for you women talking about midlife and hormones and weight and what's going on with our bodies. So all that stuff is really good. Sounds like a lot of great information. So, oh, that's great. Yeah. And I love the money topic too. We've talked about that. Everyone's got a money story. All right. So actually just a, a little plug for next week, it's American Heart Association Month and it's all about women and heart. And so I have um, two ambassadors from the American Heart Association talking all about women because heart attacks is the number one killer for women, not cancer, not breast cancer or uterine cancer. It's actually heart attacks. Wow. So they talk a lot about it and the signs and the symptoms. That's going to come out next Monday um, for okay. the next But even more so than that, the mm-hmm. doctor talks about... Um, COVID and heart disease. Oh, interesting. Really eye-opening, shocking, some information okay. that's coming out now with COVID. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's like a, a, like it's a, a must. It's a must listen to. I'm actually going to tag you on it. I'm going to send it to you. I'm going to send it to everybody I can because the information that's coming out about COVID and heart is like scary. It's wow. scary. You don't want this disease. You really don't. No, you do not. Even if it, yeah, 
Uh, agreed. Agreed. So thank you for doing that. And and also for educating people. That's a huge piece. I'm glad that you're able to be a conduit for that. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for everything you're doing, April, and getting helping people pivot because, wow, have we had to pivot in the last right. year. Your, right. your title couldn't be more appropriate. No, we were joking around about that last year. Someone's like, we did trademark that, right? Because everybody's using it. So we've been teasing about we picked the perfect title. Indeed, it's all about pivoting. And, uh, you know, that's what we've all been doing, pivoting in times of uncertainty. And ultimately, we all are getting stronger. Thank you so much again. We'll put all the links in the show notes. Have a wonderful day and take care. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. I loved our chat with Michelle today. Her experience in the entertainment industry, I was I was super happy to find out that Betty White is as cool in person as she is in memes. Thank God. All right. She talked about a continuous courage in herself and her beliefs and the never give up attitude that seems to permeate everything she does in her life. Michelle and I actually found common ground many times, but also in our desire to have mom step in the picture whenever one is being taken. As a good friend of mine, Kat, once said, we were there. We helped make history but we are left out of the history books. Get in that frame, either flip it around in selfie mode or hand that camera to your friends, but get in the damn photo, moms. I was blown away by Michelle's story of her PCL tear and not being able to walk two days before yet still competing in Ironman New Zealand and tuck that under her belt as yet another win. Man, that is amazing. Uh, don't stop growing. I love that. Don't stop growing. Don't stop learning. Be proactive in doing this for your life. We even managed to title her TED Talk. Hope you stick with it, Michelle. Keep moving. Now is your time to go for it. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for dialing in today. And don't forget, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, give us a five-star review. It means the world to us. Hit me up on Instagram at the April Garcia or check us out online at pivot-me.com. This is all made possible with the support of you listeners, the numerous contributors and our clients. Our music and production is by the amazing Rockwood Audio. Join me next time for more tips on how to hack success. And until then, make it a great day. Thanks, guys. You guys are amazing.